640, Bill Handel here on a February 16th, Thursday. Uh, just real quickly, some breaking news, uh, and it's uh, hitting all of the news outlets, is uh, the president uh, obviously very upset with the intelligence agencies, uh, is now considering uh, appointing, and this is the news we are getting, and I don't quite know where they're getting it from, but this is the one that's being uh, reported, uh, that he is uh, considering appointing Stephen Feinberg, or Feinberg, who is an investor billionaire friend of Donald Trump's, uh, to review the intelligence agencies. And he has zero experience in the world of intelligence. So I don't know where Donald Trump is going with that. Uh, but uh, clearly, there is a, a large issue where he doesn't trust anybody in the intelligence community and he's going outside, which he has a habit of doing. I mean, that's how he deals with government. Let's bring in outsiders and let's just change everything around. Does it, is it going to work? Who the hell knows? Uh, because there have been outsiders that have come in. Uh, there's, there was a guy by the name of Abraham Lincoln uh, who had one experience uh, as for two years he was a congressman and did nothing and then went home. I mean, that's it. And then uh, he becomes president of the United States. So, uh, you know, go, uh, go figure. Also, the uh, president is calling the intelligent leaks a criminal act, uh, which is probably true. And all right, so we just, uh, uh, that's the change. So we had to put in a little bit of Donald Trump news because if we can't go uh, virtually an hour without uh, Trump world. All right, so I want to spend uh, some time talking about a couple of segments um during the next uh, 20 minutes, half hour or so. And that is to be uh, the continuation of uh, the young man who recorded a lecture in uh, or at Orange Coast uh, College, uh, Caleb O'Neill, recording the lecture of uh, Professor Olga Perez-Stable-Cox, human sexuality class, in which she said... Uh, that our nation is divided. We have been assaulted. He's talking about the election of Donald Trump. It's an act of terrorism. And uh, what uh, Caleb did, as she starts ranting, he says, oh boy, I've got to record this. Pulls out his cell phone and just starts videoing the whole thing. And so he then posted it. Of course, it went uh, totally viral. And so what happened? And there's some news that, came out of this. First of all, he has been suspended for a semester and also through the summer term. So he can't go to school now or then. Unless he appeals, then everything is held off pending the appeal. He's allowed to appeal. It's an administrative decision. And whenever there's administrative decision by a public entity, in this case, uh, Orange Coast College, public school, then you have the absolute right to go right up the appeals. And as a matter of fact, when you're finished with the appeals, you then can go to court. So this could theoretically go virtually forever, and he has a lot of people and organizations on his side. There are one or two conservative groups out there that are giving him lots of free lawyers. Uh, In one case, Freedom X a Los Angeles-based law firm. You know, when you have the name Freedom X of a law firm, you know there's some politics involved. And it's a firm dedicated to protecting conservative and religious freedom of expression. 
So the backstory here is that Caleb O'Neill is a true conservative. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he has bumper stickers that uh, three of them on his car, Trump, 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 Trump 2016. And he also is well known for his position on Donald Trump. And even though he has a 3.8 uh, GPA, he was convinced that the teacher was going to give him a B, even though he scored near the top of his class with tests, et cetera, simply because of his position on uh, Donald Trump in his conservative position. Because the argument is, and I think it is totally legitimate, is college professors are, number one, for the most part, very, very liberal. You can't shut them up because of tenure, and this woman certainly has tenure. She's been teaching for 30 years. And to a great extent, they're liberal to the point of crazy. And I've had some crazy professors in my time. A story that I shared before, Cal State Northridge, as a matter of fact. Bender, first year at Cal State Northridge, decided I was going to take an African-American, uh, Pan-African Studies class. I walk into class. I'm the only white guy there. And this was the day of the Afros. I mean, Afros, where I couldn't actually walk down the aisles because the hair was touching uh, from one student to the other. So I had to walk around the outside of the aisles. And a teacher walks in with a dashiki and had some whatever African name he had. Professor, he had tenure, professor, what insert African name here. He writes his name on the board. And then he writes, the white man is the devil. That was the first class. I'm out of there. Oh, you, you dropped the class. Oh, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen exchanges throughout the semester there would, with you uh, there and the was, professor. There was no chance I was going to stay in that class. Uh, so, But you can do this because that is the way schools, especially uh, institutions of higher uh, education, are in this country. So now. Uh, he gets nailed for recording, and the issue is the First Amendment. Is he allowed to record? Well, he violated the policy of the school right there. It's in the student manual, and he is not allowed to. And he agreed to that by going to school, and the argument here is, you know, don't argue First Amendment speech. You've agreed to not video anybody in this class or video to uh, video the professor specifically without the professor's permission. And this did not happen. And he is arguing uh, by uh, in, during his appeals that by throwing him out, by suspending him, it is a violation of his first amendment, uh, his first amendment rights. Also uh, there's other crazy stuff. Uh, he uh, part of uh his uh, punishment is that he uh, submit a written apology to the professor, a three-page essay asking him to examine why he filmed Cox's class and how he feels about his footage going online and his reaction to causing damage to Orange Coast College students, faculty, and staff. How ludicrous is that? First of all, the argument is, causing damage to Orange Coach College uh, students and faculty and staff, really? How do I feel about going going uh, viral? Feel great. Although, how do you do that in three pages? You say, feel great, feel great, feel great, feel great. Uh, examining why he filmed uh, her class, because she's nuts. 
and out of her mind and went politically crazy. That's why. This three-page letter and apology, I would do in about five sentences. And it wouldn't be much of an apology. So I think uh, he is prepared to go all the way as he should. Oh, and this is syllabus. That was part of the class. When they first hand out the syllabus, this is what we're going to be studying. This is what we expect of you. The teachers hand this stuff out at the beginning. For those of us who have been in school, even if you haven't, you know about the syllabus. And it says right there, recording is not permitted. And then after this, there are signs in the classroom reminding students video and or audio recording without the instructor instructor permission is prohibited. So the the big issue is First Amendment rights. Does he have a right to do this even though uh, the policy is no? And this is being viewed as a uh, a private forum. I don't think teaching in class is a private forum. So Caleb talked about the teacher he recorded. I, I thought Olga was a good teacher, but uh, what, what she said really, it, it, I mean, you could, you could see the videos. It was a direct attack against me because she knows she saw that she had to see. I've walked by her, by her almost every class with a, a Trump T-shirt or a hat on. She knew it was. She knew I was a Trump supporter. She even during the video it shows her looking at me when she's talking about terrorism. So I mean, I, I it was directed right towards me. That's how I took it. Well, I mean, uh, let's go on the other side of that. Uh, Knowing who she is and having a good idea of uh, how she teaches and her beliefs, you think wearing a Trump T-shirt is going to goad her just a little bit? You think you're poking her with a stick? And the answer, I think, is yes. But again, uh, you can't stop a kid, a college student, from wearing a Trump T-shirt or making a political statement of which he has a right to do. Uh, She has a right, certainly, to have her political views and even talk about her political views. They can't stop her from talking about her political views. I mean, I don't know how it connects to sexuality because uh, this is a class on human sexuality, so I don't know how that quite connects. But she's allowed to do that. So the issue is by him videoing it and they're saying you can't do so. Syllabus says it. Uh, You're in violation of policy. You know, that gets to be an interesting issue. And then whether or not uh, the video audio should even be allowed of teachers in the classroom. And I say absolutely yes. Hey, if you're going to teach, expect people to video or record your lectures. That's all. That's all. Then don't teach. And know that it's being recorded. Does anybody in a public forum know at all that you're not being being recorded I do a fair amount of speaking in front of groups. I don't know why, but uh, they asked me to do that. And it's a private group. I'll talk to a group of lawyers, small group, let's say 20, 30 people in a given forum in addition to hundreds of people sometimes. I absolutely know that I'm being recorded. I absolutely know that everything I say will be recorded. And for a teacher not to think that is happening, he talked about what other teachers think of that crazy punishment that they put on him. Even teachers think it's ridiculous. They they, they allow us to pull our phones out and even talk, text and talk, but I'm getting I'm I'm basically getting in trouble for that. It's it's so broad. it is very broad, and I think some teachers see that it's kind of ludicrous. Yeah, why not throw him in jail? How about that? Of course, it's overly broad. 
And uh, he pointed out that other teachers uh, do not mind differing views. Some of my teachers in the Sepulchre, Miss Pandega, uh, they allowed me to, they, they said just as bad stuff about Trump. But at the end of the day, they allowed us to talk and we discussed. And they, come up, they came up to me and said, thank you for talking about it. It's nice to hear from a conservative. And I told them, we're, we're scared to speak out because we could get affected, our grades could be affected, or we could be targeted in, at the school. Yeah, and he has a point. Uh, because I don't mind, as I said, a teacher uh, up there with the diatribe. Trump is horrible. Uh, it is His election is terrorism. He's an illegitimate president. Just go on and on. But uh, I believe that college institutions of higher uh, learning really should be a forum for discussion, for differing views. That, to me, is higher education. I mean, outside of business class and outside of science class. But uh, in any social class whatsoever, even human sexuality, different views. So this teacher was way off base by saying what she said, even though she's allowed to do it. Not allowing him to speak or punishing him is even worse. And so we'll see what happens. Is he going to win? I hope so. I hope so. All right. So let me switch gears for a moment and uh, talk about Melania Trump. Now, virtually every first lady has her thing. Uh, has an agenda. For example, Michelle Obama was fitness. She wanted kids to be fit and eat healthy and eat all the fruits and vegetables. Laura Bush was all about reading. That was her thing. Hillary Clinton. Healthcare. What was her thing as first lady? I don't even remember. Was it healthcare? But that's a that's political. Where when we talk about reading, when we talk about health, or when we talk about being physically fit, that's not political. Where, yeah, well, Hillary was, she was the weirdest first lady anyway. She was the only first lady that was there to uh, knowing she was going to run for president. I don't think anybody else does. So what does Melania uh, do? What is her choice? Uh, and it's a weird one, too. Bullying. Especially cyberbullying. Recognizing that it is a huge problem and it is legitimate, I mean totally legitimate, I love the idea that she's doing that because I have a thing about uh, bullying that we have not taken seriously enough for years and years and finally we're looking at it and seeing the seriousness of it. So she made it clear on, uh, on the campaign trail that one of her top issues, not the top issue of her agenda, will be bullying. And here's what she said back in November on this issue. Technology has changed our universe. But like anything that is powerful, it can have a bad side. We have seen this already. As adults, many of us are able to handle mean words, even lies. Children and teenagers can be fragile. They are hurt when they are made fun of or made to feel less in looks or intelligence. This makes their life hard and can force them to hide and retreat. And uh, then she talked about the bullying culture of today. Our culture has gotten too mean and too rough, especially to children and teenagers. It is never okay when a 12-year-old girl or boy is mocked, bullied, or attacked. It is terrible when that happens on the playground, and it, it is absolutely unacceptable 
when it's done by someone with no name hiding on the internet. And she makes, uh, of course, uh, a fabulous point. Uh, the only thing that's a little ironic is her choice of cyberbullying in light of what her husband does, attacking people. Now, what he doesn't do is attack children. What he does do is attack uh, political opponents. So I wouldn't call it cyberbullying, but it's, uh, I, I find this fascinating that that's what she chose. So we have done stories. I've shared with you stories about victims of cyberbullying who have committed suicide, for example. And occasionally we do that. You have a little girl who's been bullied by classmates, and she just can't take it anymore. Same thing with a, a little boy. Not so young, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 15-year-old. And they kill themselves. Those are big stories. But bullying is so pervasive. And what it does emotionally, and I think Melania Trump just pegged it perfectly. Uh, let me give you a stat. This is a survey conducted by uh, a conducted as part of a newly released internal audit of uh, L.A. Unified. One in five L.A. Unified high school students, one in five, one in four elementary students say they were bullied last year. And as for efforts to curb the bullying, and now we know that there are efforts. I mean, the administration, we get it, that that's a real problem, and how do we deal with it? Well, the problem is uh, we don't know how to deal with it. Part of the report says, uh, uh, the, well, for example, in one case, uh, the person in charge of handling the bullying complaints wasn't even aware she was appointed to that role. Every school is supposed to keep bullying complaint logs, as LA Unified, at nearly every campus. Well, almost every campus examined, uh, no, they weren't being done at all or were not up to date. Even though bullying at LA Unified's uh, school, at the LA Unified School District, is in line with national figures. So imagine how pervasive this is. The audit says the students are getting far less help than they should. Most teachers and staff do not receive high-quality training on bullying prevention, and they should on an annual basis. So the schools are trying, but fall far short. Fewer staff uh, members overseeing anti-bullying efforts than other school systems, for example. Part of the problem is simply a lack of uh, clarity about what to do. Uh, There aren't auditors. There aren't administrators who are experts uh, experts in this. Teachers are already dealing in a very complicated environment. Uh, Instructors uh, are required now to get annual training to recognize and report sexual misconduct, for example. Uh, You've got specialized instructions. uh, English is a second language. Uh, They have to stay up to date on academic goals and new technology and methods. So it's difficult. It's difficult. But... Bullying is so dangerous to the psyche of young people. And so a quick story I'm going to share. And this was the first thing going back when I started in uh, radio. The first topic I ever did was on the subject of uh, coming here as an immigrant as a kid and feeling totally out of it. And I haven't done this story for years. Feeling uh, just not belonging and uh I was five years old, and within a matter of weeks after arriving here in Southern California, uh, I had to go to kindergarten. And uh, my father and mother, new immigrants who had no idea of what America was about because they had just come here, 
So when it was time for my lunchbox, my dad went out and got me one of those working man lunchbox. You know, the, the industrial lunchbox. You know, with the, the, the rounded top, with the, uh, uh, the, vac, uh, with, uh, uh, the little container, that, uh, the, the vacuum, what are the hell they call it? The thermos, vacuum thermos, yeah, you know, at the top. And all the other kids had Batman and Superman and Mickey Mouse Club, and uh, those were their, their boxes, their uh, lunch boxes. I had that big industrial thing. And this is just an example. I mean, I could go on and on with how out of it I was. And so can you imagine a five-year-old kid during lunch, all the other kids? And then in those days, it was wax paper. And so they would uh, grab their sandwiches. Everybody exchanged sandwiches. You know, we, I, I'll give you half of this if you give me half of that. And I would open my lunchbox. And this was towards uh, the summer before school let out. And in Southern California, hotter than hell. My, my dad's idea of making me a sandwich, he was a big bologna guy. Uh, mainly because bologna was cheap. Not because anybody actually liked bologna, but that was that's where my dad came from. That's where my love of Costco comes from. And it would be... Two slices of day-old rye bread with one slice of bologna in the lunchbox with no wrapping at all. And I'd be carrying my lunchbox, and then when it came time to open it up, there was the bologna stuck to the side, the bread sort of all over the place, dry. And as I saw all the other kids... And they saw me dress differently. And I was I would wear jeans that were rolled up because and everybody else had the hems done. I would have uh, a haircut that was totally different than anybody else. I mean, this goes back to when I was five, and I can remember every minute of it. So being that different, and of course, just learning English, can you imagine the bullying that occurred to me? I still remember that. I mean, I can give you every moment... And I can recognize the kids in my mind who did that to me. And now that ended uh, within a matter of months, even though I still had my lunchbox because I was just bigger than the other kids. And uh, the kids don't tend to beat up or bully kids that are a foot taller than they are and outweigh them by 30 pounds. And that was uh, me. But can you imagine me going back that far and remembering every second of the bullying that occurred to me. And then it stopped. Now, can you imagine going through elementary school, junior high, high school being bullied and the emotional trauma that that causes? I'm fanatic about this, dealing with bullying. It's just something that has to be done, and we have to recognize it, and we are starting to recognize it. And I am thrilled that Melania Trump is uh, making this uh, her issue as first lady. All right. Venezuela, not happy with CNN, not even a little bit. And that's coming up. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM uh, 640, Bill Handel, and uh, good morning. February 16th, Thursday, and tonight's the big rain starts, and it's going to be a mess tomorrow. So there is a very good chance uh, none of us will be here in the morning. 
as the freeways get washed out. Two to five inches. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with two to four inches in some of the valley and coastal areas, upwards of five inches or even more, eight inches mountains and foothills. Wow. And that's just over the next two to three days. There's another storm showing up Monday night. How long, when's the last time it was this bad? And it has been, you know, what they're saying is uh, 10 years ago, but I don't remember being this bad even 10 years yeah, ago. I, I, I don't either. And when we talked about that El Nino that was supposed to show up last winter, there was a lot of talk of this is going to be the worst El Nino or whatever yeah. in, what, 15, 20 years. Thing is, because it's not an El Nino condition causing all of this, this, I was going to say this semester, <laughs> this winter, uh, they, we, we don't really have that kind of benchmark to compare it to like we did yeah. last year. I mean, the last time I remember this, uh, this rough, I was uh, in construction, as you know, and I was building a house in Woodland Hills, and it was, uh, it was in the hills. And the we were frightened that the entire hillside was going to come down and just cover it up. I mean, it was that bad in terms of the rains and the, the yeah. and it being the saturation. What we've seen in Laurel Canyon and other yeah, uh, other parts. Crazy. That's uh, and, and it's only the beginning. It's yeah. not even the wettest month oh, traditionally. Be, yeah, it's going to be insane. All right, uh, let's talk about Venezuela. Big news in the world of Venezuela. Uh, let's start with uh, Venezuela these days is a toilet. Venezuela used to be one of the nicest countries, matter of fact, the nicest in South America, and Caracas was one of the great cities of the world. It has all gone in the toilet. Hugo Chavez, the former president who was elected uh, straight-out socialist, communist ticket, because of uh, the unhappy, the unrest of the poor people being poor. And uh, the good news for everybody being poor is what Hugo Chavez did is caused everybody to be poor. Anybody who had money is poor. The entire country is poor. There are lines to get food, like Russia used to be under the USSR, where there was no food and there were lines. That's Venezuela today. So here is something that just came up. It's a CNN investigation, important uh, that I mention at CNN, reveals that for years uh, Venezuela issued passports to people with ties to terrorism. Outright. That's the allegation. Ms. Mizal Lopez, a former legal advisor to the Venezuelan embassy in Iraq, is uh, revealing secrets. He says, hey, the government doesn't want to see this, but I'm telling you, he posted a video to the website, CNN's website, and he said, I'm concerned about my safety and my family's safety everywhere I go. He says that there was that there is or was a scheme to sell passports and visas for thousands of dollars out of that embassy in Iraq and that he repeatedly turned down offers to get a cut of the money that's how pervasive uh this was going on in the embassy where even he who was not involved was offered money saying hey we got this thing going and here's some money and not a small amount of money either and uh, he thought that that response from his government, we're talking about governmental people in the embassy. Of course, they denied his allegations. Uh, and it was CNN and CNN and Espanol. CNN and Espanol in the Spanish teamed up for a year-long joint investigation. Because there are two separate organizations, even though owned by CNN to investigate the serious irregularities in issuing those Venezuelan passports and visas. And the investigation 
uh, revealed thousands of documents. And this investigation was not only reviewing those documents, but also interviews in the U.S., Spain, Venezuela, the United Kingdom. And there was one confidential intelligence document that CNN got that links Venezuela's new vice president. This was big news a couple of days ago. The new vice president, Tariq El Aysami, to 173 Venezuelan passports and IDs that were issued to people from the Middle East, including people, uh, the, the allegation, and it looks pretty good, this allegation, connected to Hezbollah, which is considered uh, by, certainly by us, as a terrorist organization. And uh, records show that uh, these were passports issued to people that were not Venezuelan uh, citizens, and if uh, that surfaced in the early 2000s when Hugo Chavez was the country's president. And as I said, Hugo Chavez is uh, was completely nuts. He ended up dying of cancer, and then he handpicked uh, Nicolas uh, Maduro, who effectively is Hugo Chavez alive. So what does a Venezuelan passport allow you to do? Enter more than 130 countries without a visa. Uh, enter 26 countries in the European Union. But in the United States, you still have to have a visa from every country in South America. We demand visas, mainly because of the immigration issue. So someone with a Venezuelan passport uh, would not be able to enter the U.S. unless they also have a visa. And uh, Lopez claims uh, that the Venezuelan government, after he told him, has not investigated the allegations, but in fact targeted him for disclosing confidential information. And uh, Lopez said, this is CNN, you can't be a cop and a thief at the same time. I decide, I'm gonna, and I'm going to quote this directly, I because English is somewhat broken, I decide to be a cop and do the right thing. So how did this all start? I'll share that with you. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. KFI AM 640, Bill Handel here, February 16th on a Thursday. Great success from uh, Scratch Story coming up. We had a good fun. It's all about a kid president. I know that sounds a little strange, but you'll see what I'm talking about uh, when you join us at 8 o'clock or you stay with us uh, through the 8 o'clock segment. All right, so now, uh, back, I want to go back and finish up uh, the segment on Venezuela. And this was a CNN and a CNN in Espanol story, it was an investigation, and it alleges that Venezuela uh, issued uh, passports to people with outright ties to terrorism. And uh, one of uh, the allegations is uh, Venezuela's new vice president uh, issued and ordered to be issued 173 Venezuelan passports and IDs to people in the Middle East, uh, from the Middle East, uh, including people connected to Hezbollah. And uh, this gets to be really scary. Of course, they've denied it completely. So let me tell you how the story started. There is a man, a man by the name of Misal Lopez, who was a legal advisor to the Venezuela embassy in Iraq. And he was, uh, as he says, was given the opportunity to either uh, join the corrupt crowd uh, or not. And he chose not, and he became a whistleblower. So he moves to Baghdad to start his new life, and uh, he describes an unwelcome surprise uh, from his new boss, Jonathan Velasco. And according to Lopez, 
uh, he, uh, he gave La, uh, Lopez an envelope with a million dollars in cash inside and uh, was trying to get Lopez to issue those fac- uh, fake passports and visas to be part of uh, that crowd, that conspiracy, if you will. And so uh, what Lopez found was a document inside the embassy, because he started looking into this, containing a list of 21 Arabic names corresponding to Venezuela passports and ID numbers. And a Venezuelan immigrant told uh, CNN, because remember CNN is doing this entire investigation, that a cross-check of those passport numbers uh, showed they are valid, they match the names uh, on the list that Lopez found, and that people on that list uh, could be able to travel using those passports. All of them being Arab names, and all of them being accused of uh, being tied uh, to uh, Hezbollah and other terrorist groups, other uh, other organizations that they said, here they are, we have the proof. So eventually Lopez contacts uh, an FBI official in Madrid, who then sends uh, this information to FBI headquarters in Washington. The FBI would not comment on what happened and what they did with the information, But by the end of 2015, the Venezuelan government accused Lopez of abandoning his post and removed him. Uh, He says a police official showed up at his home in uh, Caracas with a document that said he was under investigation for revealing confidential documents or secrets. And uh, Velasco, uh, the uh, person in charge uh, who ostensibly uh, offered Lopez a million dollars, of course, immediately denied it. And said the embassy is ready to be audited, investigated for any by any international organization and intelligence services. I have nothing to hide, nothing to uh, nothing to fear, and so it goes on and on. So uh, Roger Noriega, former U.S. ambassador to uh, the organization American States, former Assistant Secretary of State, uh, has said Venezuela has provided thousands of phony IDs and passports and visas to people of Middle Eastern origin. And he told CNN that that evidence began to emerge in 2003, where passports were being issued to non-Venezuelans. So has anything happened? Well, U.S. State Department declined CNN's request uh, last year for an interview. Uh, They did, however, provide a report, even though the report was found that the State Department uh, concluded there were credible reports Venezuela maintained a permissive environment that allowed for supportive activities that benefited known terrorist group. Well, if it's a question of passports, that's not a permissive environment. That's a government issuing documents. So what happened as a result of all this? Well, uh, CNN in Espanol is no longer broadcasting. They shut them down, and CNN has been shut down. So how do you get CNN? Well, you can get CNN, so you can get CNN International still, and what Espanol and uh, CNN itself is still posting on its Facebook, and you can get all the information uh, that is available. Thank goodness for the internet, right? And as far and as far as uh, Venezuela Vice President uh, Tariq El Aysami, uh, who has been accused of being just up to his eyeballs in this. The U.S. has sanctioned him 
personally. Any assets he has uh, have been frozen by the United States, and this is what happened with sanctions. People think that sanctions are against governments, and in many cases they are, but individuals get nailed just as often. And in this case, much like Ru- uh, Russian individuals, their assets were frozen, but those guys have billions of dollars who are accused of uh, of uh, fighting the United States, were accused of being enemies of the United States, doing something illegal. Boom, nail them. And that's what's happening with uh, the vice president of, uh, of Venezuela today. All right, uh, a success from scratch, uh, really neat one. It's one of those uh, heartwarming, ah, that's really wonderful. And when you, when my heart can get warmed, because remember, I keep it in the deep freeze. Matter of fact, uh, there's an argument that I keep it uh, in a liquid nitrogen container at 370 degrees below zero. This is a real heart warmer coming up. The kid president... Right here, KFI AM 640.